Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with the fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and this episode is all about fandom love, ships, and OTPs just in time for Valentine's Day. Joining me today are the ladies behind Bed, Wed, and Behead podcast, Meg and Carly! We're the boobs! (laughs) They come as a package deal now. I, you know, I put Meg on first for Supernatural, and then she's like, I'm not coming back unless Carla comes, so (laughs) now we have both of them, but... As we were saying before we started recording, I worship Carla. I have heard of the Carla for years now. Um, Carla has been editing Ming's work on the Game of Nerds when she was writing, and the Carla is all I've known you as. Um, so now I got today to meet the Carla, and I'm in the presence of the Carla. Please, please, just Carla will do. <laughs> She's just like, oh, stop, stop, please. Oh, the was my the is my mother. You can just call me Carla. <laughs> So you guys have a podcast. How is that going? How many episodes do you guys have out? I, I know when I last talked to you, Meg already had like four or five episodes out. We yeah, had a recorded. I don't think I don't think we Yeah, you got it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're up to like twenty-three released now, I think. Yeah, and we've we're having a blast. Yeah. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of fun. fun. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> it kind of just started as an excuse um because Carla and I live on opposite sides of the country. So we already have like a COVID friendly friendship. <laughs> As yeah. it is. social distancing <laughs> yeah. for us has not been a problem we have that down um but we kind of found during this pandemic we didn't really get a chance to connect as much and the podcast was kind of born out of our hangouts and our chats where we would play this game we would play fuck Mary kill or just mercilessly tear characters apart from our favorite tv yeah. shows and so we were like well you know what this will be a great way for us to spend some time hanging out and chatting with each other and kind of bringing that to the masses. Cause who doesn't want to hear our opinions about <laughs> their favorite, but not, but not just our opinions, our slightly tipsy opinions, which I think is more to the or point. Downright drunk. Yes. Depending on the episode. Depending on the episode. <laughs> yeah. I love how you guys always usually bring up a point about a character that I haven't realized yet. Like, I'm like, oh, I never thought of a character that way. And yeah, usually you are drunk when you say it. I'm like, oh, only you could come up that when you're drunk to think of that that way. Um, But no, I'm a huge fan of your guys' podcast. I love this. And it's a great segment into uh, what what are you obsessing about? What's taking your money? Um, I have been listening to your guys' podcast is one of the things I have been ingesting. Um, I've also been watching the shit that is WandaVision. I can't, I can't handle shit. I'm like three episodes in. I'm like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. I'm not entertained. I, I feel like it's a waste of time and energy on Disney Plus's part. Um, the one thing I am seeking enjoyment is Big Mouth. Give me all the Big Mouth yeah. on Netflix. That's like my favorite thing. I love Big Mouth. I I was talking on a different podcast that we were guesting on, and I was talking about how I really love uh, – it's so crude, and it's so obviously not for children, but it – Oh God! No. It's, it really does a great job, kind of reminding us as adults how uncomfortable and how awkward and just how hellish being thirteen is, and yeah. as have the mother of a preteen who's starting and who's going through that. I was like, this actually helps give me some insight into why she is being kind of twelve, why she's being so very twelve. <laughs> 
Well, it is. It's a reminder of how crappy those years were. You know, like you were just at so war at war with yourself. But then now looking back at it as an adult, you're like, no, everybody was just at war at their self. They weren't at war with each other. They were just at war with themselves trying to figure out what the hell was going on with them. Yeah. It's a hard age. age. Like you're trying to kind of separate from your parents, from your own identity, separate from your family, and also trying to establish your cool cred among the cool kids and realizing that you're just too goofy to really hang with the cool kids. I I know that that's just some people's experience. That's not (laughs) the general population experience. I'm only talking for some people who may or may not be me. No, it's, yeah, it's, it does a really good job with that. And it does an awesome job, I think, too, of handling mental health issues. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that this kind of really crude, um, hilarious cartoon would delve into that, but the way they handle like anxiety and shame and depression and the way they make it so easily consumable kind of makes me wish it was more appropriate for kids. Well, I was just, I saw the episode where uh, they did the whole song and dance about uh, the different uh, sexual orientation terms and how there's a term for everybody. That was so clever. And I'm just sitting there, I literally mouth open wide going, this is brilliant. Like, why isn't this a song for kind of like cartoon dicks? (laughs) (laughs) Right? I, I don't know. It's just... I feel like that show should get way more props than it does um, because I like I saw it the first season it came out like I binged hard when I first saw it because the first season is by far the best still best season Um, but I saw the second now and the third really back to back and wow it's just getting better and better and it should get more cred. Uh, Meg, what are you obsessing about? Um, Right now, partially because of what we were doing with our podcast and everything, and partially because I'm just a sap. Um, I have been obsessing about Bridgerton. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I got hooked in. You know, I don't watch shows like Mm -hmm. that. Like I can't get, I can't invest my time because I get too invested. (laughs) I got invested. You can't help it. It's amazing. I yelled at Andy. I love it. So much. So I watched it all. So with my family on Christmas Day, what ends up happening, like we we try and spend time together and things like that. But what winds up happening is open all of our presents and the kids, everyone kind of, it's like an explosion and everyone goes off into their own little space for the day and they just enjoy their stuff and and we come back together for dinner time. And it was like that a lot too, because we didn't go see our families because because of the pandemic. I watched all of Bridgerton in one sitting on Christmas Day. Oh, you lucky girl. I had to spread mine out on three days. Oh. It was painful. Oh, no. It was painful. It was amazing. So I watched all of it. And then I told Carla, I was like, well, we're, we have to do this for the podcast. It has to be done. Oh, yeah. Um, we just actually just recorded that episode this week. Yeah. Sweet. With a fantastic guest. And so, yeah, I watched it. I was like, all right, well, I have to read the books. So that's what I'm doing. I was actually up until we started recording. I was reading the second book and following. Oh, you're on book. I was going to say, what book are you already on? Falling more in love with Anthony um, by the second. (laughs) And they got renewed. I heard today they got renewed. Two will be coming soon. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of the year. They start, they start filming in the spring. Yeah. So. 
it'll be interesting because the lady who plays Daphne said that she was really kind of struggling to imagine how they were going to film because really when you look back at the season, everyone's so tight knit and the way the staging has to be and whatnot, um, it would be a giant COVID concern. Well, um, if so they can do it for The Bachelor, they can do it for a good season, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, <laughs> My husband, so I got so bad because I was like, honey, I just need to finish. He's like, you're you're in the hole, aren't you? And I said, yeah, like I'm I'm in the hole. I just need, if I finish the eight episodes, it'll be done. It'll be over with and we can move Not on. True. And no. it was so funny because like the last night, Andy's like putting Marvel to bed and everything. And she puts, he's about to put her down and everything like that. And I hear him whisper, it's okay. Mommy's going to go watch her porn on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Thanks, uh, so episode six. <laughs> oh yeah pretty much oh, my Lord. repeat pretty much my husband that's of course the one time that my husband walks into the bedroom to to finally crawl in the bed that's the scene that's playing and he's just like what the fuck are you watching i was pretty grateful for it though because it gave us a very educated uh opinion and arguments for playing bed wed behead because yes. we got to see what we were comparing Right. <laughs> oh my I love how that works. Water. Yeah. So we just need to do it with more porn. Obviously, See, for me, for me, okay. Because I, I told my mom to watch it. I refused to watch it with her though, because I was telling Meg last night that okay. I just, even at this age, watching sex scenes with my mom in the same room with me, even in the same house, sometimes is just very awkward. So I told her, okay, you have to watch this show when I'm not here. Um, (laughs) The one scene that I did show her was Eloise, because I love Eloise. When Eloise, yeah, yeah, when she bursts into the room and says, how does the lady come to be with child if she's not married? (laughs) Because it's like the best thing to ever happen. Aside from from your British accent, which is That was awesome. (laughs) My British accent just gets better every week. Yes. Yeah, it's you. awkward oh, for me to watch sex scenes with my mom, but that's because my mom has a running commentary that she like <laughs> will talk about mom. while we're watching. Even when so she's seen Bridgerton and we have a little group chat with my mom and my sister, and she'll video call us and she goes, oh, I just finished Bridgerton. <laughs> and then she gets all weird and vapors, and I'm like, You are not a- like the way you say Tarje. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I say that that way is a joke. <laughs> You're not serious it's, about it when you say Tarjay. It's y'all, it's y'all that I say unironically. <laughs> and people are like, you know, you're from Wisconsin, right? You're not from the South. And I have to be like, my best friend growing up was from Virginia and blame it on that entirely. Sure. <laughs> oh my God. Carla, what are you obsessing about? Are you, or are you on the Bridgerton train too? No, see, my obsessions tend to kind of like ebb and flow and right now i'm obsessed with queens of the stone age um because oh. I, okay i love pretty much all of their albums and now that you know like with spotify i have everything in order and i'm calling out the the songs that i just i'm like eh, i'm not in love with you bye I'm not in love with you either bye <laughs> like you make my world spin i'm putting you in four times in random intervals good for you girl you know it, it's <laughs> It's very important to me that things go exactly the way that I want. And Spotify is one of the few places where I can actually make that happen because the real world will not conform to my rules. I don't know why, because if everybody just said what I said, everything would be much better. 
Just putting that out there. <laughs> Do, are you one of those people who really feels music? Like you identify music and your mood is very tight. Yeah. Like I'm very much that way. Like if I, my mood can be changed instantly with like a playlist and, and like, all right, I can do this. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I went through my, my tragic early twenties and tragic is only because I was so dramatic about everything that happened to me. Um, yeah. And you're definitely like, not that way now. Oh, Meg, be quiet. How could you? <laughs> Shut up, Meg. That one's for John. <laughs> How do you call me out in front of company? <laughs> but yes, in my very dramatic early 20s, like there was a playlist for absolutely every mood, every emotion. Like I would think about this yeah. one person put in like this particular playlist and I was like, oh, I feel all the things right now. I really yeah. want to know what your Meg playlist would be. I That's going to be... You. That's going to be your homework. Make a Meg playlist and then share it with me. Because <laughs> I am not, oh, you're... I'm not a musical person. Like, I like music and I enjoy it, but it, I don't have very many songs that really, like, hit me and make me, like, emo. Um, but now, see, that's how I have my ringtones. I have all my ringtones set up to different songs to different people. So if you are in my phone, which you probably are, you're probably Supernatural, the theme <laughs> song or... Uh, uh, Carry on my wayward son. It's probably one of those two. That's the only things I, I would have. For I you. have assigned ringtones to exactly. I used to do it religiously. Like I used to do it, and everyone has a different yeah. ringtone. I have assigned ringtones to three people, maybe four. Um, Carla is one of them, and her ringtone when she calls me is the Golden Girls theme, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me so happy. And she sent me a mug for Christmas this year that was the Golden Girls, and said thank you for being a friend. Not like, um, it was a personalized mug. How dare you? It was personalized. It said Meg on it. Yes. And my ringtone for Meg is the ringtone from Outlander. Yeah. See? Yeah. See, Carla and I were on the same brainwave with the ringtones. I guess this is a great way to segue into the episode's main theme. Valentine's Day is right around the corner with fandoms. You can like something. You can love something. You could be a rabid fangirl obsessed over something. And we accept all levels at the Game of Nerds. Meg is a part of the amazing OG Game of Nerds team back when we started on Tumblr. You were the first person to really teach me about the inner workings of fandom, ships, and OTP, so I figured you should be the one to school everyone else with the help of Carla, Queen of the Nerds. <laughs> I like that. You're the queen, I'm the trash bin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's accurate. I'm You're kidding. I love you. I think uh, for those who have no freaking idea what the hell we're talking about, I guess we should break the what we're what we're talking about down. So, Meg, what's a ship? Um, a ship is basically a relationship between two characters, two or more characters on a TV show, a book, or a movie, or anything like that. And it's basically you want those people to be in a romantic or a sexual relationship. Okay. And ship is short for relationship. Ah, see, there you go. And uh, Carla, what's an OTP? TPs? I'm probably not. Once again, there you go. See, there you go. That's my knowledge of it. Well, an OTP stands for one true pairing. And that's like your your special two number or one. three or four people. Yeah, your number one pairing or three-airing or quadrant. Whatever your your desire, but it's your number one. That's the one. Yep. So an OTP is your number one pairing. OT three is if you have a threesome, your O your one ah. true trio. And then there's the no TP, 
which yeah. is the one pairing that you hate never ever want to want see. nothing to do with yeah. find very gross i think you could probably guess what my no tc is <laughs> janet and i know carla's absolutely <laughs> okay but my question is are ships and otps the same thing well not really okay. because sh- to ship you can ship anybody on any show shipping's a verb oh, yeah okay. yeah i mean really well it's, it's both a verb and a noun like your ship is your you know whatever two people you like or more people you like on whatever show so you can have multiple ships in your life but your your otp is like the, the one that you hold in the highest uh, regard yeah it's here all right They're it's like here. friend friend and best friend See, and this is why I needed you guys here on this episode because now I know and I have the facts from the people who know. Listen, we live, we live to inform the youth. Yes, we're here to educate. That's what we're here for. Yes, we're uh, so for, like for, for an example of a ship and an OTP. Well, I'm just going to throw Supernatural out there because I know we're going to talk about it. So, a ship on Supernatural for a lot of people is Dean and Benny. Yeah. That's they like that, or Castiel and yeah. Meg. Those are. Yeah. Most people's OTPs are not Dean and Benny or Cass and Meg. Dean and Castiel is a lot of people's OTPs. But you can, you, like, that can be your OTP, but you can still also ship these other relationships too. Mm-hmm. They're not mutually exclusive. Ah. Right. Well, when you say these terms, they sound very grown up. Like, they're like, ooh, you know, like... <laughs> They can get very uh, dirty fast, especially with some of these relationships. I mean, the best, the best ones, of course. <laughs> um, but don't you think like childhood obsessions were orig- the original ships and OTPs? Like, do you remember shows that you really liked as a kid that you didn't realize that those were ships or your ultimate uh, OTP? See, for me, like I know for sure that when I used to watch Punky Brewster, I really wanted alan and cherry to hold hands <laughs> and that was like me shipping back in the 80s i was like oh my gosh like look at them being cute together maybe they can be best friends apart from everybody else and you know like at what eight years old seven eight years old like that's a big deal yeah you know? mm-hmm. yeah like you're not really necessarily thinking about everything else it's just like oh they would be great best friends together maybe they can go and get ice cream by themselves and we could just have scenes of them eating ice cream and talking <laughs> and that's half of your shipping now huh no no please. now it's like oh wouldn't it be great if these two i mean uh, ice cream not as much talking no cones or spoons necessary <laughs> no exactly whipped cream definitely not optional <laughs> cherries included <laughs> only the first time <laughs> well it just makes me think of like Okay, here's okay, here's another question. Can you ship yourself with somebody or is that not allowed? Yes. Oh, okay. You yeah, absolutely okay. can. There's a whole area, whole section of fanfic uh which is self-insertion, which sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> well, um, it's not I was Justin Timberlake. Well, I've been dirty. shipping myself with Justin Timberlake since he showed up with InSync. Like let's do like if we want to go there. <laughs> I used to ship, ship myself with Emilio Estevez. See? So okay. I feel that yeah, that's right. You didn't forgive was it Paula Abdul? Yeah, Paula Abdul had the nerve to marry this man who was a good twenty years younger than me, and I would never ever meet in my life. But once she married my Emilio, he's not twenty years younger than you. Excuse me, I'm still talking. <laughs> once she took my man away from me, 
I stopped listening to her music because I was like, I'm done with her. She's you're trash. You're just killing me because she... you're trying to tell me Emilio Estevez is 20 years old right now. I don't know how old he is. <laughs> he was how old is he? For the love of God, as an adult. How old, how old is Emilio Estevez? Older than you. Martin Sheen is dad. <laughs> no, you said he was 20 years younger than oh, you. I did? Okay, yeah. no, then I meant old. Do you know what I meant? It was like eight. We all have mom braids. Come on, give it to her, man. Give it to her. Give the girl a bone. Uh, Never. So here's another question. Where does most of this like shipping conversation happen? I know I saw it a lot on Tumblr when I first started TGON. That was like the main house where I saw it. But now I've seen it trickle off onto Twitter. Um, I see occasionally pop up on Pinterest and Instagram, but usually those are fan accounts and they don't really have much backing to them. Um, Where have you guys or where have you seen it and where did you fall down the rabbit hole? Like for me, example, Tumblr. I mean, yeah, I saw much. I saw it on Tumblr a lot. Actually, that was kind of what got me started watching. One of the things that got me started watching Supernatural was seeing all the the Dean Cass stuff on Tumblr and thinking this can't possibly be actually what's happening on this show. Yeah. Then watching it and be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's happening on the show. Yeah, maybe the gift slowed it down a little <laughs> bit, but it's exactly. But it's they're, accurate. They're hella gay. <laughs> um, and bye. <laughs> um, but. For the most part, the rabbit hole and most of the interaction I see, and I think that's just because it's where I am most of the time, is on Twitter. Yeah. I, see, I don't see it. But I see a little thing. bit on Facebook, but that's because you I can think, curate your Facebooks like today. Right. But, but what, what, the way that I see it is that in the spaces where you feel most comfortable being yourself, mm-hmm. and that's usually not in places where like your grandpa... And your aunt who lives in a different state and is very judgy usually mm-hmm. hang out. That's where you usually let your ship flags fly. Yeah. The high, or you're you usually know, hiding behind like like one of those graphics. Like it's not your real name right. attached to it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like my, yeah, my Facebook is very much like quote unquote real life and doesn't really have a whole lot to to do with any of the fandoms that I'm in. Um, and I just remember the singular panic is not the right word, but the oh fuck moment when I got a message or I got a notification on Twitter, which is where like all my freaky fandom shit is. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm trash. Oh, that's my Twitter. that's my Twitter account too. So I, I feel you. It's my dead zone of I'm, just don't go there. <laughs> yeah. I'm trash. And then I get a notification. I just got another one. Um, I got a notification that one of my cousins followed me. And he was, and he, then he wrote, "Hey, I found your podcast." And I'm like, "Yay!" And now he wants to be on Those it. That's the words you want to hear. Yeah. And then a couple of days ago, um, and my brother, I found out my brother-in-law started following me on Twitter, and I told him, I was like, "I don't know if you want to do that." Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you know, he knows how, how I am, but he doesn't like know. No. He doesn't know me. <laughs> no, all of that. Like he teases me from what he does know, so I can't wait for him to like see me retweeting gifts of Dean and Cass kissing. <laughs> I I always tell Andy if I dropped it tomorrow, just delete Twitter, my delete my Twitter <laughs> account and delete my Tumblr. Just don't even access the account. Just delete it. Don't go through it. Just delete, just delete it. it. 
Well, and I feel like I feel like I should clarify. I'm not like ashamed. Oh no, 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 no. It's just that's my zone. Just, that's my like, zone. Yeah, right. My personal space. I just don't want to deal with I don't want to deal with like like Carla said, my aunt being like, Oh, so you like these uh exactly like the homosexual ships do you right. No. <laughs> yeah, and you know, even um my sisters are pretty good about it, particularly my youngest sister. She has her Twitter account. I have my Twitter account. Our accounts never really interact. Yep. Like the only time it's like, cause she's a, um, she does film editing and like only when she was uh, lauded in a, in a magazine was I like, this is my sister's account. Or rather like, you know, my sister is amazing. Here's, you know, her account. And that's it. That's well, it. That was Charlotte, the only time. You even have two different Twitter accounts. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't mean it like the, like the show. I'm just like, shush. Oh, Carla, no. you interact with me in the same way with both of them and tag both of them in all of our bed, wed, behead. No, I only tag the one. I, only tagged it. I have, I have my, my like quote unquote more professional one yep. for photography. And I have my personal one. There's a lot of bleep. That's how mine is. We have our family one. And I have the one that just don't go there. Unless you, we yeah. know each other on a personal level and you understand me. Like Meg, Meg is, I think Carly, you may even be on there too. If if we are not understand level, then don't don't access. You don't want to go there. <laughs> exactly. No, no. <laughs> like, it was both some trouble here. Like, do we want to salvage this relationship? Great. Don't go near my Twitter stuff. Yeah. Just don't. don't. Well, this brings up a good question because this usually brings up a lot of fights. How do people come up with these names for these relationships? Because a lot of them might go, what the hell were you on when you came up with this? <laughs> I mean, well, it's usually just a yeah. 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 It's just usually like the, the names of the two people in the ship or however many there are, but usually two. Every time I think of Destiel, I think of the meat company because that's the, like, I can't <laughs> Okay, but this is the most amazing thing about that Destiel and the Mead Company is, and it kind of speaks to the really kind of fun relationship that the Supernatural cast has with the fans, and it's pretty unique to any other relationships that I see um, between uh, actors and fans. So they ship, literally, Misha Collins was like, I ship Destiel, and he holds the thing I at Meetup, and he, he sends it to Jensen. Jensen opens it up, and he's like, they post it on Instagram and the fans go absolutely insane yeah. and think it's amazing. There is a brewery in uh, Champaign, Urbana, Illinois, where a friend of ours used to live and it's Destiel Brewing. Mm-hmm. And we used to go to conventions and she would bring this Destiel Brewing beer to them and, and they loved it. They, they make jokes about it and they, they're really kind of, they play with it a lot. Yeah, um, with the fans and it's fostered in some ways can be and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later um, in some ways can be a little bit blurring the lines a unhealthy between, yeah between the fans and what fans sometimes think their relationship with the cast is, of yeah. a show is but that tends to happen on a 15 year old show with like 20 plus conventions a year dedicated to it and just kind of that the blurring of the lines that happens inevitably we talk about the level of obsession there's the hey i like it Mm -hmm. and then there's the i'm the rabid fangirl and then you're the but 
the rabbit fangirl is one thing. We're talking about stalker level unhealthy. You're doing illegal things now, um, hurting other people usually, um, whether that be emotionally through internet or uh, I've heard sometimes people even getting physical over this kind of stuff. Um, Violence is never the answer. It's not okay. Um, And you guys are two perfect examples to talk to because I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of this where people have blurred the lines of unhealthiness um and at what point is at what point do you need to realize all right i need to stop and take a step back um when you have a gofundme because you can't afford uh food or car repairs and then you have a separate gofundme to get convention tickets yeah. or you have that gofundme because you can't afford to feed your kids but you're not willing to sell tickets to a convention in order to feed your kids that's too far that's beyond Um, In my opinion, like, I know the tag is there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession. That's beyond that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that one's tongue in cheek, but there's some people who actually take it several steps too far. And what the the one that Meg described is one that I've seen so many times. Like, I don't know how many times I've seen people saying, you know, help me, you know, like, I I don't have enough food to get through the week. You know, I I can't make my rent. Oh, my gosh. And yet, and then in the next tweet, they're talking about going to a convention in yeah. a couple of weeks. And these conventions for Supernatural, we oh talked about gosh, when yes, I'm right. they are so expensive. I could say the same thing about Funko Pops. Andy was selling an expensive pop a couple summers ago. He met up with a guy to exchange. The guy's car was barely running. It actually died twice while Andy was there. No AC, dead of summer, windows all rolled down, toddler kids screaming in the back seat. But he came to get his pop. It comes down to priorities. I'm not here to parent shame, but my kid comes before Funko. I also I also think, and on a more scary level that I have not personally seen, but I have heard of, and there are there are like the fandom lore yeah. within the fandom about specific fans. Some I know are true. Some I don't have any, like I've just, are just rumors that have gone around. Um, but using your job or your position to find the address. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Abusing your uh, po- abusing actor, your powers, right? Yeah. Um, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's not that's beyond gross. That's illegal and horrifying. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it. To, I've seen it in varying levels. Um, I've seen people think that they have personal relationships. Oh yeah, yes. well, secret relationships. The most scary is the most scary of them because those are the people who just can be really dangerous because when you have this idea in your head that there's no uh, reason that can reach you, Mm -hmm. that's when it gets really scary. You know, it's one thing to, um, to spend more money than you have on these things because that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's self-contained. But when you think that you have a real relationship with somebody who is yeah oh yeah you're going at that point you're there's there's mental health that needs to be assessed because i know we've even seen it in convention where or not even at conventions but online where people have gone after their real life partner for that person being married and it's just like at what point do you not understand yeah i love justin timberlake but i'm not gonna go after jessica beale like all props to her like congratulations for having two kids music i didn't go after paula herself exactly (laughs) but it's like well and you talk about when you talk about ships and stuff there are there's fictional ships and then there's um rpfs which is real life um, real person 
real person shipping. So it's RPS and RPF is real person fixed. And that's when people ship the actual actors or public figures with each other. Um, and they can, and a lot of times it can be fairly harmless fun. Yeah. Um, that's celebrity just fun a times, <laughs> sometimes. A lot of times it can get scary. Like, and, and because Supernatural is the fandom that Carl and I are both most active in, um, we see a lot of shippers like cockle shippers, which is um, Misha Collins and Jensen Ackles. Um, and for the most part that what we see they're they're fine. And then there's the people who get very, very scary mm-hmm. and weird about it and, and, and obsessed with it. And then we have, there's J2 shippers. And there are people who think that those are people who think that Jared and Jensen are in a romantic relationship. And for a lot, a lot of them, they're, they're fairly harmless fun. But then you have the tin hats. Yeah. See, there's different names within each of yeah, them. Yeah. And the tin hats are the people who think that their wives are beards. Um, yeah. And that their babies are not, at, like, their wives are just there it's to be almost like incubators. fandom conspiracies. Like, like, it is. What it gets to when it gets to a point. Like, there's one thing, like, oh, my gosh, I love their friendship. Or, oh, my gosh, if they're in a relationship, that would be adorable. Yeah. And kind of that speculative thing that you do that's in your own private space that you're not including. But you're not negating the reality for one thing. And you're also not tagging them in your posts. You're not trying to put this information in front of them. It's like in your space. And you're you're saying not only that, you're not (laughs) belittling other people for their choice. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you're not eating somebody alive because they've chosen a different ship or because they don't see the way that you see it. Like, yeah, you can see it that way, but you don't have to be aggressive about it. Right. And that's slightly different. That's fandom wars because when it, when it comes to um, you know, like you're within a fandom and you are shipping two different sets of people or or even like a same or a multi yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. But you come up against somebody who doesn't ship the same thing that you do. You know, you can choose to go on with your life and recognize that it's just a fictional ship and affects nothing real. Yeah. Or you can do what some other people do and bully, harass, yeah. and uh, intimidate and threaten other people, which is completely unreasonable because it's it's just... And to be clear, that happens in all things. It does. In all things. There's no perfect ship um, group or anything like that. There's no one perfect like group. Right. I'm a Destiel shipper, but I can tell you there are some Destiel shippers that are really harsh and, and mean. Yes. Even even to other Destiel shippers. Like like I was talking about people who are like if Dean and Cass are your OTP, but you still like Dean and Benny, there are shippers who will like cut you off. And yeah. That's it. Well, Tap. even on TGON, yeah. we get a lot of people who will be like, well, you can't, you, that's not the way you pin it. You're all entitled to your opinion. Uh, we're not forcing right. it down your throat. You can choose a different article. Hey, you can write me an article and submit it. I'll post it the opposite views so that both views right. are on here. Um, but what I won't allow is tra- trolls and bullies in my yard. I will kick you right out. Um, I've worked hard yeah. to protect that because I feel, once again, that if you have the balls to sit there and write your feelings about something and it's in a constructive and a way that details out how you feel everyone's entitled to opinion you can take it or leave it exactly well, and, and one of the things with with comments in general because i've written a couple of of articles for the mary sue and i just refused to go into the comments because i was like i i 
I don't care what anybody thinks. This is just an opinion piece. And that's what it was. It wasn't even like, you know, a commission thing or whatever. It's like, hey, the Mary Sue, I want to tell you my thoughts. They're like, cool, we'll publish it. We'll publish them. And that's it. I just wanted to get that out there. And that's Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, Meg is so sweet. She went and like screened like the good ones and sent them to me (laughs) (laughs) because she loves me. And uh, but I know that there were dissenting opinions. And the thing with um, not even with mine but when I read comments on other people's, you know, articles and I see like personal attacks and, and things like that, like that's why, you know, like what is the point? What are you trying to do there? Well, if you are, um, if you have a dissenting opinion and you want to put forth why you don't agree with the what, what the person said, that's fine. You also don't need to be disrespectful about it because it's, you're talking about TV well, or movies. At know? the end of the day, but this is supposed to be it. fun. Fandom yeah. is fun. Shipping is fun. It's supposed to be. That's one of the frustrating things sometimes. Is like this is supposed to be my fun escape from the stresses of real life, especially this year when there's so many stresses of real of real life. Or 2020, it's not 2020 anymore. Um, but adding stress to it because people don't like how I personally feel about it just seems kind of silly in my opinion like if i want to get angsty and weird about stuff that's my business yeah. <laughs> i will do it um, but i don't need you coming and telling me that i should be angsty and weird about it because that's my well like, here's two, you. here's the two sides of it i see fandoms and ships as one as a way to have a conversation about something we both are usually passionate about whether that's the supernatural show like the show itself when we're talking about different characters that we ship and whatnot and it also is a way to learn something new we often you know can talk about the shipping wars and whatnot the sh- when you do the shipping wars, maybe I have not seen the fandom that you're talking about or the series that Mm -hmm. you are talking about. And maybe it piques my interest enough if I listen to you to try that series out because I'm now missing out on Outlander or I'm missing out. Maybe I haven't seen Supernatural or things like that. Um, I see ships as a way we can either talk about something we're both passionate about or for one of us to learn something new about a show or a series that we a, may have in common. Because usually if you're doing the shipping wars, they're usually in the same category. Um, the right. story's just different. All right. Well, if you're in the same category, I probably am going to generally like you. Um people just want to be pissed at one show and ship or, or, you know, pit them against it to, to have something to fight about. Um, I think the, one of my favorite ships of all time has to be Dawson's Creek. Um, and I'm, I'm a Joey and Pacey shipper for life. Um, that was probably my original OTP before I knew what OTPs were. Um, I've since changed, but I, I, yeah, I feel like ships are just a way to talk about different different shows. And now you laugh because I talked about Dawson's Creek. When was the last time you guys talked about Dawson's Creek? <laughs> no, that's why. I, I, no, I think we mentioned. Like, I think we mentioned it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like it comes up a lot in my life when when I'm talking to people who, you know, who are fandom people. Like inevitably, something to do with Dawson's Creek will come up. <laughs> I'm just like why the show again like everybody apparently has watched it has like very very serious opinions about it oh my it. gosh that was like my teenage like i love that like almost as much as i love justin timberlake i love dawson's creek 
Okay. You know what? I think like they kind of go hand in hand a lot of the It time. was like my show I watched, like I remember having girlfriends who we would all sit and watch it and we'd call each other up on the phone like during commercial breaks and be like, oh, it's back on, gotta go. You know, like like old yeah. school phone, like still attached to the wall status. Oh um, so I, like there's I fond memories um, with that. But no, that was like the first couple I was like devastated every time she went back to Dawson. I was like, you don't belong with him. Pacey forever. See, and I originally was I originally was a Dawson and Joey girl because I really liked the best friend situation. And then Dawson just became insufferable. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Joey deserves better. Is there any other like what are some other ships that you guys have just come to love over the years now that you know what ships are and I wrote a whole article about it for you. I know you did. But but since you already given your opinion, Meg, step aside. I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll inevitably interrupt you, so. Of course you will. Like you're doing right now. <laughs> I love you too. Um anyway, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> love you guys. It's like if I open my mouth and hold it, hold my breath for like a second, suddenly it's like, Meg, I got to fill that silence. I love you for it. Uh, but I I didn't necessarily ship them. But then once people started, you know, talking more about them, I was like, yeah, okay, I kind of see it. And then I came to kind of like love it. Um, Mulder and Scully. <gasps> I, I forgot about that one. That one's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And like they just had so much chemistry. And I know that the intent in the beginning was not to have them pair up. And then eventually they did, but they did it vaguely. And it was just really weird. And I was like, what? just let, let them screw. Like, what's, the, what's your yeah. problem? Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, you know, like there's um, Buffy and Spike from Buffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was definitely uh, Buffy and Spike. Buffy. Yeah. Buffy and Spike. Buffy. Buffy. Yes. I like that one. I definitely shipped Monica and Chandler before they even got together because I was like, oh, wouldn't it just be so great? And then they got together and they went, like, my life is made. I'm so happy now. <laughs> you know, like they're just, uh, I don't know, they just have such complimentary chemistry. So I was really happy with that. Uh, but yeah, like I could sit here and like try to name all of them, but I don't think we have enough time in our in our lives, really. May- I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a few. Go out. for it. Well, like, one that, that I really want to to just say because like it's one of my main ones right now is David and Patrick. <gasps> I was gonna say I can't believe you didn't oh, say anything sure. about David and Patrick. Thanks, well, but they definitely are. Up Thanks there. to Meg, I started Shit's Creek. I killed Shit's Creek so fast; it was that was the last yes. binge watch before Bridgerton. Okay, that was like my okay. I, and I killed it in a month. All the seasons in a month, like that was like because it's that good. I loved it. I it couldn't like once you really get on a roll with it. It's the best series ever. Well, and I love what I love so much about David and Patrick is they're just they're so happy. Like I wrote an article about David and they Patrick. They are too. the best ships, <laughs> the best ship on TV now. Oh, but they're not anymore. But they're not Sadly. anymore. It's okay. You but, can still but, read the article and it still is relevant because everyone still loves them. Yeah, yeah. they're they're still fantastic. Um, I love that there was very little like crazy angst. They they had their their moments, but it felt very real. And realistic and they did a really good job of showing and i've talked about this so many times that just because you're in a relationship that doesn't mean that the there's no troubles yeah. and that's not interesting or anything like that and you don't have to throw a bunch of crazy roadblocks into a couple's relationship 
to make it interesting. It's just interesting seeing these two people navigate life together. Yeah. It was very, it's very simple. Like the storylines weren't overly complicated. And because the next ship I'm going to bring out is the timeline is always wibbly wobbly on this one. Uh, Rose and the 10th doctor. I love the ship, but, but I love the pawns more. I love the pawns more. I will ship the pawns forever. My big doctor who ship is 11 and river. I, Oh, I love them them too, but I love yeah, much. I, I hated Rose. I'm sorry. I know I'm going to get like oh. stuff thrown at me. I know. I was like, oh, this got awkward. I'm going to I, I hated Rose more than, not more. I hate Clara more. Oh, I hate Clara. Lie. Um, I should be like, I should duck. But I loved River and the Doctor so much. River and Eleven. I loved River and Ten too, but we only saw them for like two episodes. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I love that whole storyline. I love that, that big romance and the love. And I absolutely adore the ponds. Those are my favorite. Like, I, and I love that they're the pawns. That, that's it. They they don't. Yeah, Rory Rory took Amy's name. The pawns. That's how I refer to <laughs> them as. Um, the most recent one that I jumped on, um, but I didn't finish out the series, so I I kind of left that ship half sailing out to sea. Uh, Elicity, like I called that like from day one with Arrow when that started, um, but once again did not see that that through because once again CW made it way too many too complicated with too many different series for me to have to follow and you lost me you lost me <laughs> and it made that relationship too complicated oh. too. Um, but no but one of mine is i'm going to throw out there uh jamie and claire fraser oh, yeah of course from outlander uh are one of my otps like i had do have more than one otp you I'm just told me that the rule was you can't yeah but here's the thing here's the thing like we say that no we don't actually ever follow the rules no I feel like OTP goes fandom to fandom. Like you can have an OTP. Okay, no, here's the thing. It's like best friend is a tier. Yes. It's not it's not a title. It's, it's not a person, it's a tier. Yeah. Tier. So you have multiple best friends, you have multiple OTPs. What's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with nothing that. Nothing is absolutely it's nothing not is wrong. In, in the face of, of logic. No. And if no. you want your fandom rules, go to Bed Wet and Behead Podcast. <laughs> Where <laughs> they make no sense. <laughs> And it depends on your mood. Like, if I want a super angsty, like, pain-ridden ship, Dean Cass. No, this is why I love... If I want, like, fluffy happy, David and Patrick, I love them. Or for angsty, I like Spike and Buffy. I love Spike and Buffy. No, but that's angsty and sexy. Angsty and sexy. I think You guys are the perfect people to talk about this because, like, anybody else would have been like, nope, this is it. This is the way it is. This is the only way you can be. And this is why I love you guys because it's like, oh. You're not an asshole. I don't care. (laughs) You're not an you're not a dick about it then i yeah. do not care with very very few exceptions i do have a couple uh ships or kinds of ships that i just find incredibly gross and inappropriate mm-hmm. because of it is fetishizing and even making a fictional window of a certain type of relationship like pedophilia incest things like that even making a fictional window of that being oh, quote, cool unquote, yeah yeah it's not yeah it's, just, it's not cool it's, yeah normalizing it and to put like a pedophilic or an incestuous relationship on the same level as slash fiction which a slash fic or slash ship is same-sex characters okay. we didn't get over that with our um with glossary. Our, our glossary. Our glossary. Gosh, you meant, our- but to put, yeah to put like a uh 
not just taboo, but like horrific, abusive yeah. Yeah. relationship that, on the same tier. Is it's a it, when it's abusive and when it normalizes mm-hmm. something that that causes real harm, that's not okay. Like, yeah, that and that's definitely for me. And I know that that there are a lot of people who disagree with that, and they're like, oh, it's just fiction. It's just whatever but like we know people who disagree with that actively yeah. who don't ship those ships yeah mm-hmm. uh, but they're like well i don't care it's just fiction i'm like except for the fact that it's normalizing something that's abusive and and wrong and actually incredibly triggering yeah. for other people and it's like I, I, and it goes beyond that and i don't want to get too or no but this is a great segue into talking about fan fiction um it's a can of worms that i refused to open on tgon when we first started a lot of people wanted to use this as their fan fiction gateway and i was like yeah no we're not going we're not and then my last my last article i wrote was all about fan it fiction. was but it was it was the top articles and um it, because here's the thing fan fiction inter, interests me from uh, just from the game of nerds perspective i deal with a lot of writers i find so many talented writers on archive of my own or even tumblr there are some freaking amazing talent out of out there yeah I, fan fiction is two things it can get nasty like you say and can get really weird or it can be really a creative outlet. I think it fan fiction almost is easy for some beginning writers because you don't have to come up with the world. The world and the characters are there. You're just creating a little scene or a chapter or a story for these characters to fall upon. Um, but like Meg says, it, fan fiction can get weird. <laughs> rule 34 is a thing that exists for a reason if if you want it you can find it on the internet Uh, i don't ascribe to a lot of it i know that there are a lot of people who and i guess i'm going to throw a trigger warning out here there's a lot of people who very much enjoy from a fantasy point of view non-consensual oh yeah um scenarios or or subcon as it's called well that's dubious consent um Called within fan fiction and stuff like that. I mean, it's not, not something that I necessarily get into or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, you'll see any any array of fetish fetish with that you can find on the internet and any other kind of site you can find on archive of our own or any fan fiction. Mm-hmm. That's not to say all fan fiction, like the, I hate this the like stereotype that all fan fiction is just porn. Yeah, it's kind of like furries. When when we Nicholas came on the website, we all thought, oh, furries, and then we we met Nicholas, and now we learn so much, and we're like, no, it's not. Not all people are like that, and that's why I say fan fiction is so amazing because there really is non-sexual or i mean i've read some really amazing some good smut out there i, said, so. I, I haven't read very much of much of the non-sexual stuff uh, like that i'm <laughs> just being honest there's some good but the point is is i'm pointing out the talent there are some freaking amazing talented people i, I one Every of the best on twitter owner. about how there was a, somebody who said you know like that that fanfic is all crap and fanfic writers aren't real writers that they're 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 just you know it makes your writing actively worse they say right exactly and i couldn't disagree more i couldn't disagree more because for one thing anybody who writes is a writer yes Mm -hmm. and anybody who writes is 
trying to get better. I don't think there's any point at which a person is a perfect writer or the best writer, because that's something that's constantly being honed and worked on. It's a craft for a reason. Well, and it's and, such a shitty gatekeeping attitude to have. Yeah, it is. It absolutely you, can be, is. you can only be a good writer, quote unquote, if you're published. And someone saw that tweet and they wrote this really interesting analogy about fan fiction, about why people see books like pre- published books as different than fan fiction as far as quality goes, because most public books are apparently really all, if it's published, it's an amazing no. book. I beg It's just original content. Stories. That's the difference. Um, it comes down to licensing. But not, it's, but it's, it's not even always original content. Right. But the difference is, is when you're reading fan fiction, you're reading the slush pile too. Yeah. Yes. You're not just reading the stuff that was curated and edited to to death before it was printed and put out. And these people, I love fanfic writers. I think they're amazing. They write these beautiful stories. Some of the best books and stories I have ever read yes. have been in fan fiction. And they do it all just for, for the free. love of it. Yeah. For free. Yeah. Like we get 90, like... I think my top three fan fictions, one of them is called uh, for all you young hockey players out there, pay attention. I don't even like hockey. It's a beautiful, it's a great, beautiful story with, and with the whole world kind of built around and everything like that. There's world building there because it's an alternate universe or an AU. Um, And then there's one uh, 91 whiskey is probably one of the best, which is one of the best things I have ever read bar none and it's a fan fiction it's a 500 page book published for free for us to read and and enjoy and i think there's something so beautiful about that that people are writing these stories and giving us these stories because they love these characters and they love these stories so much and it's such a little of their work yeah and to belittle the fans who enjoy that work it's just petty because there's really there's really no gain to calling people, you know, not writers or to say that writing fan fiction actually makes you a worse writer. It absolutely doesn't, you know. Not to mention that they won a Hugo Award. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, you know, beyond that, just the, the fact that you're using skills to, you know, if you're talking about an established character, but you want to make your fic interesting, you still have to go beyond what's presented. Yeah. So you still have to, for one thing, capture the tone mm-hmm. of the the what's already there build your story around that and around the situation that you're creating and make it interesting and captivating and palatable and all of these things and that's what writers do well and i find personally from a writing perspective um i don't really write fiction i started and i stopped for a while ago but i find it much more difficult to write an established character and do that care personally do that character justice and i'm much more dis- discerning is not the correct word but i'm much more judgmental um when i'm reading a fanfic about a character i know because if that characterization is wrong i can't yeah it yes. doesn't matter how good the rest of the story is if the characterization is wrong I like i know this character and i feel like there's so much more pressure to get the characters correct when you're doing that, when you're then when you're writing an original character, because no one has any reference, no one can look and be like, "Well, this is not something that he would do or she right. would do based on everything I have seen." Yeah. In camp. Well, and that that so. should go without saying. Fan fiction can be a hit or miss for some people. You have to you have you have to take each one with a grain of salt. And sometimes you read once and you get to the end and you're like, "Well, that was a waste of time." Um, 
I have people. I have people whose bookmarks I like scour through because, especially reading Dean and Cast, they have so many fanfics. It's so easy to get tripped up into the bad ones, or the ones that aren't to my yeah. taste. I'm not going to sit here and malign them. And when they're not to my taste, I take screenshots and send passages to Carla. <laughs> <laughs> If there's one thing that anybody who has listened to our podcast has learned is that we're nothing if not judgy, judgy people. Yeah. <laughs> but we do it for the good of humanity. Yeah. But when when it's about actual people, we do that in private. Of course. <laughs> we're, Fictional we're characters on Twitter. <laughs> but I'm never going to sit here and like disparage someone's hard work and their art. No. And their, and their- because um, at the end of the day, like I would never publicly shame a writer or um, or an artist. artist. Yeah, like well, I'm never gonna like post something and be like, hey, hey, look at this trash, because that's just mean and unnecessary. Yeah. And somebody worked and felt enough pride in their heart to put it yeah. out there for and other people. And the praise is the only payment they're getting. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not gonna and, put a crap on that. People, when these are people who aren't necessarily professional writers, in that they're not they don't have the detachment they're so because they write they're writing it for the love they're not writing it for a paycheck well and they're learning 95 percent of them are learning that is their first step into the public the most one of the most amazing things for me is the person who wrote 91 whiskey which is it's just brilliant if you're into dean and Cass, read it it's brilliant um she was 15 years old when she started writing it and, and I, it's so um, well researched it's set in world war ii it's it's at um what uh, Meg tell me where uh well it starts at Normandy on right. D-Day. it is perfect and beautiful and has like all of these historical touchstones and so much accuracy and you finish reading it and you think that it's like you know somebody our age who wrote it you go find out that it's like a 15 year old it doesn't matter how old you are no. if you're a good writer you're a good writer she spent five years writing it Elsie Hinton, who as it turns out is a, a trash human yeah. being, but wrote The Outsiders, which is one of my favorite books. She wrote that at 16 years old. Yep. Yeah. Who cares how old you are as long as the world that you built is a good world that I want to get lost in. Yeah. And write for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, and that's the thing. It's supposed to be an escape. You're supposed to be an escape. And movies and TV, you know, there's only so many episodes. There's only so many movies. A lot of these movies are single-offs. If we're lucky, we do get a series. Um, or we get 15 seasons, like uh, some of us. I think what's been very rewarding or very lucky for us as fans of Supernatural is because the show has been on for so long. Uh, and because it has such a passionate fan base a lot of the fans there's a widespread of ages within the fandom um mm-hmm. and as far as fan fiction goes we have amazingly talented writers in our fandom um so for a lot of it i found myself becoming more of a fan of the fan fiction side than the show itself especially towards the end yeah um when when episode 18 of the final season happened and I, I it was like it was like we'd all been kind of dormant for a little while at least Carla and I know have been kind of dormant within the fandom for a little while minus reading fan fictions and things like yeah. that uh, because fan fiction gives you relationships and characters and, and scenarios that the show just won't give yeah. you <laughs> for whatever reasons that they have um so but we're very fortunate to have so many really, really talented artists and writers and 
um, performers. Like there are, there are CDs that are put out that people saying I, I, I bought one at a convention and she's incredibly talented. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Um, but I, it was kind of a shock, not even since Supernatural ended, but just going into other fandoms and looking and not seeing anywhere near the amount of material yeah. that you get with Supernatural. And and like, no offense, nowhere near the quality. No. Well, um, that's yeah. the truth. The, I think that's the beauty of fandom love. It brings out the people who really do love it and love, 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 love that fandom they're bringing something to the table that nobody else sees and it's usually brilliant and it's amazing. And it, whether it's artistry, I mean, I've seen some crazy shit on Etsy from fandom stuff that people have hand stitched. They crocheted. Um, you go on red bubble. There are thousands of artists oh who have God. created amazing art. Tumblr is its own. I, I like to call it fish tank of fandom love. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It brings us all together to create all this content, um, not only create, but also talk about it. I mean, you guys, we have a, both of us have podcasts off talking about entertainment and fandom love. Um, I mean, you guys are literally a tire show off ships and OTPs. Uh, what more can you say with bed, wet, and behead? Um, <laughs> ships and OTPs so much because we kill people. Yeah. Um, such an interesting rule that we have to have with our with Bedwin and Behead because we made a rule when we were talking about it that we weren't going to do something that was going to be really easy. It's not like we were going to put two characters that we like or think are hot and then the super odious yeah, character. Yeah, so make it easy. They have to be hard choices. They have to be difficult choices. And we have, let me tell you, we have had fights. Like actual oh, yeah. get irritated with each other fights over fictional characters that were not even like necessarily big fans yeah. of you could give two shits just... about it but at the end of the day you're like <laughs> no we are talking about it on this episode get back here it's almost like a married couple like no you're not leaving yeah, here until we're done discussing yeah, this we're not done we're not done meg well in one of our episodes that i don't think will have aired yet um oh no absolutely it, yeah, it will. The, yeah the jane the virgin episode yeah. Is a conversation Ooh. and an argument that she and I, Carla and I, have had for, for years, for almost as long as the show was on within our friendship. We argued about this. Um, for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea <laughs> when so, she suggested, "Hey, let's do Jane the Virgin." I was oh, like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, are you breaking um, up with me? So, <laughs> thankfully, as the editor, I was able to be like, <laughs> because I became so incredibly stubborn. And we had to come up with a tiebreaker, and I didn't like the tiebreaker. <laughs> then I was like, "We're putting out a poll because I have to win somehow." <laughs> I need to know the answers on this. I love and, you guys. And ninety percent of the time, I'm able to be like, "Fine, whatever." I don't know what, like, right. even when we were doing Team Free Will for Supernatural, and and <laughs> which was the best. Carla made me do the unthinkable. I still say that I was sick and I was very tired and unprepared. Right. Um, I did not, get, I was not so stubborn as I was for Jane the Virgin. And I know you hilarious know, to me. And everybody knows that there are no two characters I feel more strongly about than Dean and Castiel. Right. And, and even for that, she was like, well, damn it, I guess. That was the hill you but decided to die on that day, the Jane the, Vir Jane the Virgin <laughs> hill. I know. It's not even a particularly interesting <laughs> hill. None of Carla's care. Here's the thing. Carla, for her reasoning for what we ended up doing, her reasoning, like, I couldn't argue with her reasoning. Like, I didn't like it, 
but I was tired at the time and and she can't she had much more good reasoning than I did. So you just waved um, the white flag. You're like, all right, I'm done. I give up. Which is so funny because she says this and yet she knows that I was right. I st- I know I still disagree with the decision. Oh, you don't get to start fights like, on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I no, it's not, but that's what's nice about it. Like, this is an episode about fandom love. <laughs> you guys are like my ultimate ship and now you're sinking yourself on my show. No, we're going through the drama that you have to go through to make it interesting. This is how we bring you back for more views. If you had to, if you were going to go down with a ship right now, what ship are you going down with? I still say that's the L. Yeah. I, I like, I have a lot of ships that I really, really love, but I, I don't have very many ships. That is a 12 year slow build love story. Right. No. And you know, what's interesting because like David and Patrick are absolutely the better ship. Yes. In many, many ways. They're the healthier one for sure. Well, <laughs> Not, on, not only um, between the two of them, but between the relationship between the show and the fans. Yeah. Because Supernatural has, like, there's a lot of issues with queer baiting and with just all kinds of things going on with it. But the thing is, like Meg said, first of all, it's, it's a 12-year relationship that we have with this relationship. And second of all, the characters, um, I think, warmed their way deeper into our hearts than pretty much any other character yeah. has. So it's really hard to, you know, it, it's like, you know, how love really knows no reason, you know, shipping yeah. really knows no reason. He's well, really and, no reason. and even not watching the show, those characters still stick with like Supernatural is over. Um, but I will never stop reading about Dean and Cass. I will never not find that relationship fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the end of Supernatural or 1518 when it was confirmed that Castiel's been in love with Dean this whole time um, makes going back and watching that like knowing to, I can't even describe the feeling of validation. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what happened afterwards, the feeling of validation that this thing that you've been feeling, this thing that you've been seeing and people keep telling you you're crazy. It's not there and blah, blah, blah. And to be, to have it validated that, yeah, you're reading that correctly. And if it's confirmed that you're reading one side correctly, then it's implied that you're reading the other correctly, side correctly yeah. also. Um, so to go back and rewatch those episodes, knowing that that it's a love story, um, makes it all the more poignant and beautiful, in my opinion. And it makes it even harder to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. The rage and the excitement and the love. <laughs> Because there's a lot of rage. Well, and that's kind of how I feel. So my OTP is uh, Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers. Um, My husband and I are, when we got engaged, it was I'm with you till the end of the line. Um, Because I had already been through the hospital and everything. It was just, you just got to get through to the end of the line. We're going to do this. Uh, So our entire wedding theme was Captain America, like Marvel theme. And we had a daughter, surprise, surprise. Her name is Marvel. Uh, but it was really validating. Like we've always loved Steve Rogers and Peggy. We always knew that they were a couple, like we have their Funko pops. They were on top of our cake. Like, Oh yes. And then to watch Endgame and see the ending, I was pregnant, bawling, bawling, (laughs) bawling. It was like the best thing in the world. 
still like, oh my God, that's so sweet. And you know what's even worse was mm, the song that they danced to was my fa- my daughter's favorite song to listen to when she when I was pregnant with her. So every time she heard the song, I would start crying and she'd just like be doing a dance and even to this day, like she'll hear it all day. I'm like, oh, you know, that's your song, don't you? Like, so it just, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Steve and Peggy, I, even Marvel, I love, love the universe and what it gives uh, to us. But I also got to go back to Joey and Pacey. Like, <laughs> I love me some Dawson's Creek. They're your OG OTP. Yeah. Well, that was before I knew what was going on. I mean, I, if you're telling me we can have two, there you go. Here. Well, hey, I mean, Jamie and Claire hold a very, very special place in my heart from Outlander. And I think, and we talked a little bit with David and Patrick, but that's like, talk about an OTP that shows you the growth and the love of people who are married and love each other. And they're, and we're like 20 plus years through a relationship with these people and to see that grow and the changes and the challenges and the endless support they have for each other. I think that's beautiful. And I started, I guess if we're looking at an OG OTP or whatever, I, I didn't really get too into like fandoms and stuff when I was younger. Um, it wasn't until like I had ships and everything like that. I didn't really have a name to put to them. I was just like, well, these people like boots and yep. bones. Like I love them as a couple um, and kind of, those situations but jamie and claire having and it's the same thing i think as dean and castiel we have like eight books soon to be nine books um building this relationship and and they kind of worm their way into you and that love really worms its way into you and it's i'm a sucker for like angsty shit I do. I, I like, I love fluff. I think there's a place for fluff and everything like that, but I like the pain. Yeah. You, Same. you want it to hurt. Dusty else my OTP. Talk I've about pain. I've always been monster, so yeah. The slow burn. Yeah. Well, and then, well, and Spike and Buffy. Yeah. Like, yes. it's the same it's the same kind of thing. I look at like the ships that I have and I'm like, yeah, I just am a sucker for angst. Like even river and 11, like the way that their story goes where every time they see each other, they're further apart Yeah, because it's, it's one fewer mm-hmm. for one of them and one more for the yeah. other. And it's just like, Oh my God, they're cause they're in op- opposite timelines. And it's just like the first time the doctor sees Rose rivers, the last time she sees him. And I'm like, Oh my God. And But here's the thing. Once again, it goes back to how brilliant of a writer to think of, you know, once again, to think of that because that storyline alone has crossed how many seasons and how many episodes because of the way it's written or doctors. I yeah. believe. So I, it's amazing. I love media. I think that it's only going to get more interesting this year. I think uh, we will see if we get any more OTPs and ships or if we lose some more, uh, because I feel like last year we lost a lot of our TV shows. So we've just lost, a lot of yeah. good content. Now we have nothing to cling on to. Um, yeah. I don't even have Avengers. Like I got nothing. No Black Widow. Nothing, you guys. Um, and what was so funny is I released the last episode. Yes, this last episode before this episode aired. Um, and then I looked at the movie calendar and like all the movies we had talked about that I just released had all moved. They all disappeared. I'm like, oh, well, there goes this year. Um <laughs> 
so yeah, I'm hoping for some more fandom love. Give us, I don't care whether it's relationships, just give me more of the things I love and the things that I'm passionate about and at least something. I, mean, I would like to request more relationships. I love a love story. Like yeah. I really, really, you just do. want more Bridgerton. I, I love more Bridgerton. I love, I love Bridgerton so much because it's finally like we, and we talked about this on our own podcast. Like I people think like there are so many people who are clutching their pearls and like going on the fainting couch because their Bridgerton was so sexy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Jane Austen, which is what everyone like, what that's what you think of when you think of Regency is Jane yep. Austen. Jane Austen was an unmarried woman talking basically all of her stories ended at the marriage and she probably a a gently bred young woman probably did not know about the sex clubs that were going on during London season like Regency era was full of sexual proclivities there were it, it was rampant like people were just as horny 200 years ago as they are today as they are probably more so because it was so much more taboo ladies i am so happy that we got to sit and have this conversation because uh you guys are my favorites let it be known um i love your podcast i just love you guys as people um you are huge nerds i love what that you what you bring to the community what you do for other nerds i love that you guys stand up for the little people who don't have a voice and um, especially when things are going south or people are getting hurt. Um, I love what you guys do and the vibes that you bring and how can you make us so altruistic? <laughs> like, like, I just talk about like, we just want to get drunk and talk about stuff. <laughs> Way to ruin my speech for you, Meg. <laughs> so beautiful. And I'm just like, Meg, let her gush over us. Just yeah, enjoy Carla, as, as the as the lesser half of Carla. The Car- will- as the Carla said, I was speaking. Carla, where can everybody follow you guys? Stalk you? Uh, not Twitter, obviously, but where else? Well, you can find our collective minds on at bed web ahead pod which is uh mostly run by me but <sighs> it's still i share our thoughts because we share our brain so there's, I mean, there's yeah. um you can follow me if you would like at carla temis that's c-a-r-l-a-t-e-m-i-s uh and you can follow me personally aside from bed web ahead pod you can follow me at wisconsinac on twitter and if you hate that name blame carla she gave it to me. Um, and that's W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. And yes, I have to write it down every single time I say it. It's been my name for nigh on six years. Five, six years. Ladies, thank you again for joining me on this episode and talking all about your fandom loves, ships, and OTPs. You can catch the latest nerd news, reviews, and recommendations from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more at thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media channels as The Game of Nerds. Make sure you are subscribed to The Game of Nerds podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn. Go spread some fandom love, nerds. The world needs it. 